Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 188 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic entrepreneur. I talk about all that stuff here on the show. And I'm wondering, you guys, I'm curious, okay? We're going to do something together here. We're going to do Happy Holidays Alcohol-Free. This is a workshop. I just came up with it like a week ago. So <laughs> maybe two weeks ago. But I'm curious, have you thought about your recovery plan and how you're going to protect yourself and protect your sobriety through this upcoming holiday season. This is such a magical time of year. I love this time of year. I wait all year for it to be right now. You know, in the US, it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Like, this is my favorite time of year. And it's magical. It's family and food and laughing and connecting and being together. At the same time, it's a super high stress time of year and it pushes a lot of buttons, a lot of emotional buttons. You know the importance of planning ahead because I talk about it literally in every episode. You plan ahead so that you don't get caught off guard with no solutions. You have a plan in place so you already know your boundaries, you know what you're going to say, you know what you're going to do to keep your anxiety in check, to keep your recovery in check. Having a plan keeps you safe. It protects you from ending up in that fight or flight mode because you don't have a solution and you don't have an answer to whatever situation arises. You have to have a plan. So if you want to join me for a planning workshop, that's the one. Happy holidays, alcohol freestyle, my friends. This is a workshop we're going to do to put your plan in place. We're going to dig into some stuff. Go over to addictionunlimited.com forward slash plan to sign up and I'm going to start sending information. We're going to do this fast. So don't waste time. We're going to do this quick. All the information will be there addictionunlimited.com forward slash plan and sign up and I'll start sending you the information, right? I'm going to send emails, but only if you sign up. So don't F around. Get over there because this is coming up quick. I mean, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. is just in a couple of weeks. So this workshop is going to happen fast. Addictionunlimited.com forward slash plan. I want to make sure you have everything you need to sail through the holiday season feeling strong and keeping your sobriety intact, okay? Strong, staying sober, and crushing the anxiety. That's what we're doing. Happy holidays, alcohol-free. That's the workshop, addictionunlimited.com forward slash plan. And let me tell you what I've been doing for my little anxiety. I don't know that it's that little, but whatever, <laughs> for my life overall, I have been doing a 21-day meditation with Deepak Chopra. 
Not with him personally. That'll be nice someday when that happens, but that's not today. (laughs) But he has all of these 21-day meditations on his website, and I came across one that is a 21-day abundance meditation. And for me, I was just thinking I needed to get centered. I've been doing it really kind of willy-nilly all over the place. I, I am a big believer in meditation, but I've been slacking, you know, and I've been thinking this, if I'm honest, for the last couple of years, I've been thinking I really want a regular meditation practice again. Literally, I think the last two years it's been on my intentions list and I hadn't yet made a commitment to really doing it and to be more disciplined with it. Like I said, I was just kind of doing it willy-nilly all over the place, here and there, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. But what I have found for me, and I'm sure so many of you will relate to this, what I have found is as I grow with something, when I just start practicing something new, I'm all over the place. Just getting used to the ideas, seeing how I like to do it. And that's what I've been doing with meditation, right? Maybe I'll do a few minutes in the morning and maybe I'll sit down and cram in a few minutes in the afternoon, but I wasn't being intentional with it and really being committed to doing it and doing it well. But as I grow with something and I get used to it and I learn more about my habits and what I like and how I like to do it, then I get more disciplined with it. This is practice, you guys. That's what we say. Everything is practice. So I haven't been meditating in a committed way and it was bothering me because I know the benefits of meditation and I know I need those benefits. Especially right now, as my life and my businesses are growing, things are changing, figuring out what the next few years are going to look like and where I want to focus my energy. What do I want to do and achieve personally and professionally? I mean, life is a lot. It's a lot to think about and a lot to figure out. And if you want it to be really great, it takes forethought and planning and intention and energy to make it happen, right? If I want the energy and clarity and discipline to create an amazing life, then I have to have the most basic skills of discipline to a practice I know is good for me. If I can't be disciplined enough to follow a meditation practice 10 to 15 minutes a day, then how would I expect myself to be disciplined enough to do all the things it takes to build the life I want? If you can't take the small steps, my friends, then you never get to the big steps. And I'm in a spot where I'm feeling really good right now. And I'm riding that wave. (laughs) You guys know, over the last several months, really, like I've talked about kind of my ups and downs and where I've had these moments of not feeling great and being overwhelmed and confused and exhausted, right? I'm a human being. I have all the same stuff that every other human being has. But right now, I'm feeling really good. This is my favorite time of year, the cool weather, my family is all together, the holidays. I've started a new eating plan that is really science and education-based, which I love, especially for this stage of my life. 
this meditation, getting back on track with that and really being disciplined and committed to doing it in the morning before I start my day and following through all of these things. There's so many things in my favor right now. And I'm feeling the benefits of all those things, just feeling good and happy. And it's no coincidence that I'm feeling good when I have a firm plan in place (laughs) to care for myself, to take care of my mental wellness and protect my recovery. And this leads me into exactly what we're going to talk about today with cravings. I want you to have a better understanding of cravings so they don't freak you out, right? They don't knock you off balance and you don't think something's wrong when you're having them because none of that stuff needs to happen. And cravings can come out of nowhere. You're cruising along in your day, you're feeling good, minding your own business, and all of a sudden the thought of a drink pops in your head. Or you're driving somewhere and maybe you're just spacing off, you know, especially if you're driving somewhere, you drive all the time. Like you're not, you don't have to be super focused on everything you've done it a million times and your mind wanders, like you're daydreaming, you're thinking about whatever. And all of a sudden the thought of a drink pops in your head. You're like, where the heck did that come from? You know, you don't want to drink. You understand it tried to ruin your life and you don't do it well. But that thought is there. And then you start thinking about the thought. And then it feels like the thought gets bigger. The craving gets bigger. And then your little brain will kick in and go, well, maybe you can control it now. You could drink today and no one would even know. You could have just one. That's easy to hide. WTF, my friends, (laughs) where is this coming from and why does it happen? Well, here's the deal. Cravings are totally normal. Having a craving doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean you're weak or that your program isn't working or your plan isn't working. It doesn't mean any of that. Really, cravings are largely a learned response, meaning we kind of condition ourselves to associate certain things with drinking. When you think about places, people, events, you connect those things to alcohol. When your brain is triggered by a thought or a memory of one of those people or places or events, that association kicks in and you think about a drink. These are what we call triggers. I did a whole episode about triggers, relapse triggers, I think is what it's called. I I think it might be number 114 or 13. I'll link it in the show notes, relapse triggers. There's a whole episode about it. And I'll link that in the show notes for you. But drinking floods your brain with reward chemicals, right? We associate these triggers with reward. This is why it's so important to play the tape all the way through. When you get a craving and your brain starts talking to you, you know, you're triggered, your brain is triggered, you have to play the tape all the way through. And a lot of you have heard this phrase before. If not, we're going to talk about it more in a minute. But there are a few things I want you to understand about cravings and what to do to get through them. One, cravings are normal. Two, cravings are brought on by triggers. 
in three studies show that an average craving lasts around 20 minutes. 20 minutes, that's it. I'll tell you something I read when I quit smoking. I read that, I got this whole book about quitting smoking. It's one of the most popular quit smoking books. I quit smoking when I was 10 months sober. So I've been cigarette free for a very long time also. But um, I read this one line in the book and I felt like I didn't even have to read the rest of the book. It was so powerful. And it said like every craving that you get through without giving in, every craving where you don't get in, the next craving will be weaker. It will be shorter and or less powerful, right? So every time you get through a craving, you're breaking that down. I lived on this, you guys. I did not want to smoke anymore. I had gotten to where I had no love left for cigarettes. I wanted them out of my life so badly. But those thoughts would creep in, you know, when I was at work and everyone was smoking. Because remember back then, I I still worked in bars. And back then, I'm really showing how old I am. Back then, (laughs) you could still smoke in bars. So when I was at work, everybody around me was smoking. And just the habit that I had built over 20 years of being a smoker, that habit And all those triggers and rituals and associations don't magically disappear because I decided to not smoke anymore. I had to retrain my brain just like we do with alcohol. And when I say rituals, think about your rituals, right? Like some people, the first thing they do when they wake up is light a cigarette. For some people, it's right after you eat light a cigarette. As soon as you get in the car, light a cigarette. Those are rituals. We have the same things with drinking. We have them with food. We have them with everything. So of course, a thought of smoking would enter my mind. And all I thought about was getting through those 20 minutes, knowing that the next time the thought hit me, it would be weaker. Every time in my head, I was winning every time, making those moments less and less every time. And I would think in my head, you guys, this is funny, like I try to be pretty G-rated for the most part, like on my podcast and stuff. But in my head, when I'm working through something, I, I am straight gangster, right? I'm like mob boss, like there are F-bombs, it's harsh It's crass. I mean, when I'm talking to myself in my head and I'm just talking to me, like we're in it. So (laughs) when a craving would hit me, and this smoking or drinking, right? So I quit drinking first, like I said, and then when I was 10 months sober, um, I quit smoking. So in my head, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want to take me down, MRFR? I don't think so. Watch this be, you know what? You can't take me down. I'd even get into the, do you know who I am? Like, I'll say that in my head. Like, that's how I talk to those cravings, right? (laughs) Or the committee, whatever you want to call it. When that stuff pops in my head, I'm like, watch this be, you know what? I do the same thing with exercise, by the way. (laughs) Like, when I'm working out 
And like I'm doing an exercise and my muscles are like dying and I want to stop so badly and it hurts and you're shaking, you know, when you get to muscle exhaustion, you start shaking and it's like you still have one or two reps to do. Like I'll do the same thing in those moments. I'll be like, oh yeah, I bet you want me to quit. B, you know what? I bet you want me to quit, but watch this. You know how powerful I am? Watch what I can do. And I fight my way through that thing. You can't hold me down. (laughs) But I have to talk back directly to those thoughts, directly to that craving, whether it's a craving for a cigarette or a craving to stop the workout or to have a drink. I have to talk back. Something I want you to think about too, I was just talking to one of my coaching clients about this in a session the other day. Your brain especially when you're starting something new and different, when you're changing things up, your brain does not have your best interests at heart. Not that it intentionally wants to hurt you, but your subconscious is triggered by change because it feels unsafe. The whole job of your subconscious mind is to keep you safe. And that means doing what is normal, predictable, easy, not rocking the boat, right? Because when you start rocking the boat, it gets uncomfortable and it feels unsafe and it's unpredictable. And your brain will lie to you and tell you all kinds of stories about why you should drink again. All those things I mentioned earlier, you can control it now. You've already proven you can go without it. You can have just one. All those other people can't do it, but you can. You're different. You could drink today. No one would even know. You don't have to tell anybody. It will tell you these lies because it wants things to go back to normal so it can feel safe. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that these are lies (laughs) and you have to retrain that dialogue. Know that it's not, you know that it's not true. You guys, listen, we don't get here without research, right? I did plenty of research. I stopped drinking and started drinking over and over and proved to myself that I don't do it well and it doesn't end well. I've done all the research. You've done all the research. So you have to know that all of these things that your little brain is going to kick in, they're lies. Shut it down. Tell it what you're going to do and how you are doing things now. Tell it to F off. Okay? I swear to you, my clients think I've lost my mind because I will tell them to flip off the liquor store or the beer aisle in the grocery store or whatever it is because it works. It sounds so silly and everybody gets a big laugh from it. But if you have to drive by your regular liquor store on your way home and it can trigger you, then give that store the big middle finger as you drive by. Just so everybody, you and the committee in your head, knows and understands it's the enemy. If you're walking through the grocery store or Target and all of a sudden there's a huge wine display trying to get your attention, flip it off, give it the bird and laugh in your head that it can't get you like you can't get me. Not today. 
And listen, you don't have to do this really crazy where it draws attention. <laughs> if you're in the store, you don't have to get crazy with it. But my clients literally send me pictures of themselves flipping off the booze, and I love it. And now that I'm talking about this, I'm going to post some of those pics in the Facebook group because it's hysterical, you guys. It makes me so happy. And I lived on this when I was new, even if it was just in my head, you know, like flipping off the liquor bottles. Ha ha, not me. You can't get me. I'm stronger. You know, like it was just a dialogue in my head because I have to talk back. But I'm going to post some of those pics in the Facebook group. If you aren't in the Facebook group, get over there and join us. It's such a great place. And I'm going to share some of those pictures with you guys later this week just to crack up. The point is, <laughs> you have to get active in telling your brain what's going on because it doesn't know. It just knows that things are off balance. You aren't doing things the normal way. It has to start reconfiguring how it's working and what work it needs to do, and it feels uncomfortable and unsafe. That's all it knows. You have to tell it. You have to tell it what's going on and do it a lot. So let's talk this through. We know triggers are going to happen. Your brain associates memories with a flood of those reward chemicals. They're neurotransmitters, but we'll call them chemicals. So your brain associates memories with a flood of those reward chemicals. And your brain stores memories based on different things. This is super important with triggers and cravings also. Because we make these associations, right? Your brain will store memories based on sight, just seeing something, touching something, energy, how the energy of the room feels, um, sound. Think about songs where you can hear a song today and it will instantly transport you back to a memory 25 years ago and you can remember exactly what you were wearing and where you were and who you were with right? All of these things your brain stores memories on. The energy of a room, right? If you walk in somewhere and the energy of the room is a certain way, it doesn't matter if it's excitement or danger or whatever. If you walk in somewhere, the energy of the room feels a certain way. It will trigger a memory of something long ago, right? So your brain stores memories based on different things. That's why you can be triggered by so many different things that seem so random. People are the same way. I have people that were like some of my really hardcore drinking people or a night that I really humiliated myself. Like that's a big one too. I have one particular night that I remember that I so humiliated myself and I had so much shame around my behavior that night. If I saw any of those people that were there, all of that stuff would be triggered, right? All of those feelings would be triggered. Or going to that restaurant where we were, because at one point, we were, well, we were at a whole bunch of different places, but it was really particularly bad in this one restaurant. So even that restaurant, the thought of that restaurant, right, it triggers all this stuff because your brain stores memories based on all these different things. That's why you're triggered by all those different things. And when the trigger happens, 
you're going to think about a drink because we've built those associations, right? So triggers trigger you to a craving. You're going to think about a drink. It's so normal. But here's where I want you to go with it. You guys, it's not good or bad. I think so many people kind of panic. They get a craving, especially if it feels strong. And they go, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is a bad sign. This means something bad. My plan isn't working. Oh my God, I'm going to fail. Like you get in all this stuff and you're putting all these labels and it's none of that. It's not good or bad. It's just how it works. It's just your brain doing brainy things. That's all. That's all that's happening. So don't get freaked out when it happens. It's okay. The next thing is remember the average craving only lasts 20 minutes. There are literally a million things you can do to get through 20 minutes. And we're going to dig into this deeper and really what some of those things are you can do and get you a solid plan in the Happy Holidays Alcohol-Free Workshop. We're going to dig into that especially, but to get you some actions, to have a plan in place so you know what to do to keep you safe, right? But don't get freaked out. Know that it only lasts about 20 minutes, and you got to figure out what to do for 20 minutes to get through that 20 minutes. And remember how powerful you are. You can do this. You are perfectly capable of getting through this. You are strong. You can do hard things, even if you're a little out of practice. And say it, tell your brain, be like, watch this, be you know what? Watch this. Watch what I can do. Here's how we're handling this shit today. Your brain, like I was saying a few minutes ago, when I said, especially in early sobriety, right? Your brain does not have your best interest at heart. Your brain is going to lie to you. It's not doing it on purpose because it wants to hurt you. It's just, again, your brain doing brainy things. It needs to feel safe. It needs to feel like you're safe. So when you start doing things all different, it freaks out. And one of the things it does, because it's trying to pull you back in to your normal behavior, it will start telling you that you can't do it. It'll start telling you you're not strong enough. It'll start telling you you're going to fail. You can't do this. You're not strong enough to do this. You're going to fail this time just like you did every other time. But I'm here to tell you that is not the truth. You can absolutely do this. You are capable physically, emotionally, mentally. You are capable of getting through this. You just got to tell your brain because it doesn't know. You just got to tell it. But don't let it convince you that you can't do it. I don't care if you have done it 2,000 times in the last year and failed. That doesn't mean you have to fail today. That doesn't mean this craving isn't going to be the one that you kick its ass and move on. It doesn't matter what happened before. You are powerful. Remember who the F you are and what you're capable of because your brain will try to tell you differently. Okay. You got to tell it. Last thing, play the tape all the way through. This is what I mentioned a few minutes ago too. 
If you're not familiar with this term, this is fantastic and so important to get you through these moments. You have to play the tape all the way through to the end, meaning when we start thinking about this stuff and we have a craving or something, a trigger associates this person or place or thing with drinking and that associates all those reward chemicals that flood the brain when we drink and you're caught up in this thing. You're playing the mental movie of what it would be like, oh, this I'm going to call this person and we're going to go to this place and I'm going to be so sophisticated and funny and relaxed. And you're playing this mental movie. You're playing the tape, right? What it's going to look like. The problem is we love to play the tape just to the part of fun, just to that part where you're like one, two, three drinks in, you're having the time of your life, everybody's laughing, you have no anxiety, you're hilarious, you're looking good, your outfit's on point, nothing's bothering you, right? You're on top of the world because that's what the first couple drinks make you feel. But you got to play the tape all the way through to the end. You can't stop at that part of the movie, because that's not the end result. You got to play that tape all the way through to the end, like the next morning, when you wake up full of regret, and you're in the shame spiral. Your anxiety is super high, because by the way, alcohol makes anxiety worse. It numbs it in the beginning. But when you play the tape through to the end, alcohol spikes your anxiety and it's freaking miserable. And then it's all the despair. What did I do? What did I say? Who do I need to apologize to? I mean, all of our circumstances are a little bit different, but you got to remember that that's the end result of a drink. You can't only play the tape through to the fun part. You have to play the tape through to the truth, to the end result. And that's what we mean by playing the tape all the way through. Don't get stopped midway through the movie. You got to play it through to the end and to all the bad stuff that comes with those drinking events. Because regardless, if your brain is telling you that you can drink and you can control it and whatever, and maybe you have once or twice or three times or for a week or whatever, but the true end result is there is no control. If we could control it, we wouldn't be sitting here together right now. (laughs) If you had some ability to control it, you wouldn't be looking for resources of how to control it, right? That's what I'm talking about. It's not good or bad. There's nothing to freak out about. This is just how it works. Cravings happen. And it's okay. It is not a big signal of a bigger issue and that you're doing something wrong. It's just your brain doing brainy things. So don't get freaked out. And remember, they only last 20 minutes. What can you do for 20 minutes? Get yourself through it. I did a whole other podcast about 10 minutes at a time because that's how I did it in my early sobriety. I would take it 10 minutes at a time. If my brain was still nagging me, I'd go do something else for 10 minutes. 
And we're going to get into all of this in more detail in the Happy Holidays Alcohol-Free Workshop. So jump over and do that, addictionunlimited.com forward slash plan. I'm going to put a bunch of stuff in the show notes. Of course, I will also put it in the Facebook group. If you're not there, go there. Again, Happy Holidays Alcohol-Free, my friends. That workshop, it's going to be a good couple of hours. Like We're going to get into this. I want to be able to answer all your questions and get you a really good solid plan for moving through the next six weeks for sure, but it will be a plan that you can use for everything you do, every social situation, everywhere you go. This is a plan you can use over and over again and super fun, super easy, and we're going to spend some good time together on that workshop getting it all figured out. I hope you're having a fan fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.